welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. Hello, hello. On today's episode, we have disability activist Robin Beattie. Join us for a conversation about navigating being a mom and becoming disabled. Together, we talk about internet dating pioneers, husbands, and defying no. Y'all, it was so fun to get to talk to Robin and to learn about the different cultural implications of understanding disability and her journey to becoming disabled. There is so much strength and resilience in her story and so much to learn from her experience that I think all of y'all listeners are really going to enjoy this conversation and all the different ways that we talk about the intersection of disability. As Robin says, she is comfortable talking about the uncomfortable and I think it's time we all dive into that uncomfortable and explore a little bit more. So y'all, I really hope you enjoy today's episode with Robin. Also, cheers to the first day of June and the beginning of Pride Month. So excited to celebrate. And with this new month, the Modern Anarchy Patreon family will be supporting a different mutual aid. And with the recent news, I thought that it could be very beneficial for us to support the Texas elementary school shooting victims. Uh, There are no words to describe the horrible, horrible and horrendous atrocity that occurred in Texas. So I figured let's be loud with our resources, let's be loud with our voice, and support the survivors and families of this shooting. So thank you to everyone who is supporting the Modern Anarchy Patreon and the movement towards compassion and radical acceptance of the diversity of the human experience. Uh, together, we are very powerful to use our voice and to use our resources. So I really appreciate all of you that continue to support this work and support the larger movement that is this podcast. And with that, I am sending you all much love. Please take care of yourself. And I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Tune in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've established a niche for myself and I do disability and sexuality, sexual health, reproductive health in education. Oh, yeah. So I do speaking, writing, independent research on all the intersections of disability and sexuality. And that has run the gamut of everything from race mm-hmm. and disability and gender and how mm-hmm. you receive healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I also 
Oh, good Lord. I also talk about sex toys and design and adaptable, you know, yeah. adaptive uses for sex toys, you know, sure. and then I talk, I just, I do lots of talking yeah. about disability. I, you know, my talks have run the gamut of everything from talking, but not just disability, you know, I also talk, you know, about sexuality in general. I have, my child is trans. Mm-hmm. And so I realize that that's something that, you know, there's not a lot of information yep. for other parents, mm-hmm. um, for other people, you know, and talking about very, you know, things, you know, that we, you're, we're having to realize and consider, and especially talking about sexual health. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm always finding stuff that see the other, that we don't talk about. Oh, and I like talking, I like to say, I'm very comfortable talking about the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, so, but whenever I'm talking about something that's meant to get something useful out of it, sure, you know, and I'm, I don't know, I'm a nerd. So I <laughs> love research. Mm-hmm. I can research the hell out of something. Yes. I will find documents going all the way back to like 18, 1700, <laughs> whatever. Yes. I, when I was trying, I did a, a presentation on the history of disability and mm-hmm. sex work. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool getting to go Jeez. back all the way to ancient Egypt and finding, wow. you know, stuff and then finding, you know, displays of disability and hieroglyphics. Really? Like they even had not only like, cause they had, First of all, um, like the ancient Egyptians actually revered little people mm-hmm. and saw them as as divine. Mm-hmm. You know, like like and so like they would even get tattoos of base. Really? Base is um he was a dwarf god and he's the god of like fertility and uh sexuality, you know, childbirth, whatever. And mm-hmm. so they've showed that some temple priestesses and musicians had gotten tattoos of base on the inner side of their thigh they've said you know there is speculation but they say also um sex workers would get that tattoo to help ward off venereal disease Mm. or or, or, nobody says that robin stds (laughs) (laughs) STDs, i I follow i like where the hell Nobody said veneers. That's like 70s language. Yeah, you know, I I sit there and I read a lot. I read a lot of things from the past. Like I said, that history of sex work took me to some very interesting places. Mm. But um, yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're I guess we're talking about we, we can talk about anything. Like I keep this platform open. This is part of the anarchy. Exactly when you said you like talking about uncomfortable things, that that's your special yeah. jam. Like that's a specialty of the podcast. So we can talk about whatever the heck is on your heart that you're like, yeah, this is what I want to tell people about. Like that's how I like to keep the space. So if it's that, okay, that's what it is. You know, but that's just like one of the things that you know that I talked about. That yeah. I did the research like during the pandemic. I said, okay, yeah, I'll do a presentation on disability and sex work. And then I started thinking, okay, so what does that mean? And I just started doing Google 
search and then I just went deeper and deeper and deeper and yes uh-huh. and discovered the internet archives and <laughs> how you can find all sorts of information but also where I could get access to articles and things that I couldn't get because I don't have academic clearance I'm not part of a, like a larger institution sure so um because I'm like going I'm not gonna pay $50 to read an article yeah exactly and I'm like hell you don't you didn't get paid to write this article <laughs> but, it's a, but that is the nature of like academic articles they ask you to do all of this writing and all of this work because I'm in the middle of trying to write one but they want you to write like basically like 10,000 words basically you know mm. but you don't get paid yeah. for that um you can say yes I was published in this journal okay but you don't get you don't get compensation for that and that takes a lot of time yeah it does and, for sure yeah and it's and it's one thing I guess if you're you know you're employed by an institution you know a hospital or sure. a, the, and and you know that's kind of part of you know right. what you do right publish or perish you know in academia mm-hmm. but when you are outside if you're an independent researcher or whatever you know that yeah. that that has been an that's been interesting for me mm-hmm. but I the thing is though but I do I want to I want to know and I want to talk and I want to find out these things however these days though um even though I like I love love talking about uh, disability sexuality got my education mm-hmm. and that I have a my degree is in anthropology sure and my back I have a lot of background in doing uh, self and systems advocacy within the developmental disability you know professional field but I'm now uh, doing a transition I'm transitioning my career I would like to do more work in accessible and inclusive design mm-hmm. in the tech industry mm-hmm Tech is also another interest of mine. Like I'm interested in like sex. I'm interested in tech. I'm interested in this. And I like writing. I want to do that. And it's like, Robin, you can't be everything. And I'm like, why? Why Why can't I be? Why not? So I like seeing how people live Mm. and I enjoy studying people, but I like to see how, you know, they do processes and, Mm -hmm. you know, and how does culture impact how they perform, you know, duties or, you know, what they buy Mm -hmm. or, you know, and how gender and how culture, how all of these things impact, you know, their decisions. Right. And I I was like, I'm also nosy, (laughs) you know, like, so I'm like going, I want to find out stuff. So everything I can find out, I look at, but there's a whole wide world well, I, I see like the possibilities and I'm inspired by the globe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know there's so many different pieces and so many different lives. It's really, truly, when you think about it, crazy. Yeah. Different cultures, different pieces that craft like significantly different experiences of what it means to be human. It's, it's pretty wide. It really does. A key part of what I do is, you know, when talking about like disability and sexuality, disability, you know, Mm -hmm. is a natural part of the human condition. It's just, you know, and sexuality is also part of being human. So therefore it's a global issue. It is a global concern. 
I like to see what people in other countries are doing when it comes to access or addressing um, access and accessibility, mm -hmm. uh, but particularly cultural attitudes towards yeah. disability and sexuality and how they've addressed things like for relationships and things. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, for instance, um, that I find fascinating is in America and um, in a couple other uh, countries too, but you know, there's like basically a marriage penalty that you will lose. Like if you were receiving um, like social security and uh, like say Medicare, if you get married, you know, that's all counted as like household income. And so you can lose your health care. So you have basically, you're preventing a lot of people with disabilities from being able to enter into formal marriages. Otherwise you'll lose, you'll lose your health care. Wow. And you'll lose, you know, you'll lose your benefits, your stipends or, you know, whatever, like maybe housing, all kinds of stuff. Like, huh. you know, like vouchers for, you know, getting housing, you yeah. know, all those kind of things. So, and it's called a marriage penalty and, you know, it's a movement to say, Hey, you know, we need to repeal this. Yeah. This is discriminatory. Wow. Um, whereas there are some States in India Mm -hmm. where you get a bonus, you get money for marrying a person with a disability. Wow. So you can see in like some of their dating websites and things like that, you'll have people like, I'm looking for, you know, someone that, you know, like a woman with a disability I'd like to meet. I was, wow. I was like, uh -huh, you want some of that money? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but yeah, yeah. But it's and then they had like enough two people with disabilities marry, you know. Then you know, then it's like even more money. Mm -hmm. And and I was just like, this is fascinating. But I like yeah. the different ways that you know, because so it's not the same everywhere. And that is where that's why I look around the world and get mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. and say, hey this is something that is working here or this is something that hmm there's something that we would find problematic about you know this practice because of this mm -hmm. but based on their beliefs this is why they do this I know that in some cultures countries disability is seen as a punishment Mm. Uh, you know uh, like being disabled like that you've been punished by god you know or you're or you are or the evil spirits and that is mm. yeah so that that was i had a, a friend that was visiting um here from the congo and she was like and she's works in disability one of the barriers that she has to talk to um with people is talking with them and it's like no your child is not possessed by evil spirits they have cerebral god. palsy you know you know oh that sort of thing so that's just a um but that's you know that's a cultural thing that's been taught but you know but that's been like the attitude and history that you know cultures around the world have had so mm -hmm. it's not just in the congo you know but whereas the only culture that I've seen like in the past where the ancient Egyptians actually they respected mm -hmm. disability to the point to they had things written you know like in their ethical and 
moral tracks sure. about how it is immoral and it is bad to uh, basically discriminate against disabled people or try to take advantage of the mm. all kinds of things as they saw the um, as this was part of the divine sure and yeah. this you know and that's been the only cu- culture that mm. i saw in the past that had like this dignity and respectful mm-hmm. added you know attitude yeah. towards disability and i i found that very very interesting mm-hmm. yeah but, I mean, the piece <laughs> about india i think is very fascinating too that you get money and like yeah how then that creates a sort of dynamic where disability is seen as such a positive thing to go yeah. after and it's just like i think the biggest thing when you're looking at other cultures is you kind of take that lens and you look back at the western like american culture mm-hmm. and you're like oh wait there right. is way more than this there is way more than the yeah. way i see the world and like how can i expand my perspective to take in the bits and pieces from the rest of the humanity exactly. on this world? you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah. so i i like that you know and and you'll see that you know we do borrow ideas all the time from around the world uh like with movies sure you, yeah. you see movies television shows boy do we love ripping off the british (laughs) but but, you know but then we'll have some of our shows too that they make a british version like law and order they did that with that show too and i was like this is strange and then they'll have because i watched you know because now you can watch all these back episodes Mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know and it's showing like the same cases but it's different because it's in england and you're like wait i already watched this episode so, i know this plot line <laughs> yeah exactly that's so, funny but i always love those kind of things yeah but and with the internet too i'm sure it's going to increase our globalization oh, yeah. right like the more we can spread our ideas much faster easier we're going to start to get i maybe a more homogenous culture eventually as like a human society who knows you see this though too like if you go on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter, I've noticed, is like this one social media platform where people from around the world will interact with each other mm-hmm. in a way that actually is kind of natural, but it's like, but I've noticed the South African Black Twitter and American Black Twitter were all answering and the same question uh-huh. it was there was like what's the biggest lie um you've ever heard out of a man's mouth it was hilarious because you had you know black americans using sure. using vernacular talking about stuff but then also south african black vernacular you know, uh-huh. when you're using you know words and things you know that i can understand understand it was like a mixture of english with some uh, little phrases in there Mm -hmm. and but it was hilarious and somebody else pointed it out on the thread they're like i love it with black american twitter and and south african twitter you know get together and mix (laughs) together and get a commentary going it was the commentary and the gifts and but it's funny too because you have like different memes that are popular like in their society that they're putting up the memes and you know or gifts and memes and then 
you know, the American, you know, the ones that we're used to seeing as responses, uh-huh. you know, for like surprise or uh, really, right. you know, right. And, right. or little clips, you uh-huh. know, that they show that are supposed to be funny. You know, what is funny and commonly known there, you know, of course, is not the same as it is here. Sure. And so, that was fascinating to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great example of how like the internet is going to bring together so many different cultures, right? And like how will I I wonder what it will look like in the next 100 years, like how our cultures will continue to meld together and are we just going to be speaking in memes and emojis <laughs> maybe, you know what <laughs> I, I mean? Don't like... know. I'm like <laughs> my um I'm one of the old heads. So what does that mean? (laughs) What I mean is I met my, my first husband, my kid's Uh dad. Yeah. I met him um, when match.com was a beta site Mm. in 1995. I was in, I was in college. I, we, we were babies. We got, we met and I I loved it because back then Uh those days of the web, it was like the wild west. (laughs) And I, that first summer, there were not many women identified people okay. who were using the internet like that. Huh. And so you had your pick. I, I had my pick. <laughs> I was on match.com and it had hundreds of men and just a few women. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was I was in the computer lab back at, love this. at school. And I'm so I'm at that time it was like a little map of the world or something. And I clicked on something and I, I clicked on England and I didn't, I, even though I've, I'm an Anglophile, I've been an Anglophile sure, since sure. childhood. I uh, had an, um, my favorite uncle used to bring me, he owned a bookstore. So he would bring me boxes of books from England. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I just loved England. Sure. And so my, um, my first husband was British, but I met him online and that's my my baby daddy but yeah. that's my kids my kids dad and so uh but that I remember when I flew to England mm-hmm. and I went to the passport control mm-hmm. and there was a guy he's he was like okay your reason for coming you know to England and I was like well I'm here to meet my boyfriend I think he's gonna be my I think he's my boyfriend um I was like we met online and he goes I said we met on the internet and he goes what's an internet but that was 1996 wow so you flew without ever meeting this person yeah all we did was talk on the phone back in the days when that shit was expensive as hell and they charged by the minute because it's yeah international yeah I had this calling I had a card and you know and then I had to pay the phone card off like every so I got a second job just so I could (laughs) pay the phone an expensive romance jesus you know especially for a college student yeah um i was just like so you know you know i had this little part-time job that i worked during the week yeah but then on the weekends then i would also pick up work doing you know this a weekend job nice nice and so to pay for the phone bill and for the eventual plane ticket (laughs) oh wow i hope he was worth it yeah, yeah, got kiddo out of it, and, yeah. you know, and, and a whole education about, 
England and, you know, England is, is still a matter for, I'll be there this summer for a couple mm-hmm. of months. Yeah. I'll be in Cambridge and places yeah. and I can't wait. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy to think. I can't even imagine getting on a plane to someone I'd never met in person. That's like, it brings it's up actually all my- flying. I was like, I yeah. flew from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, to, yeah, because that was the other thing too, because people were like, and I don't know, you want to talk about being nosy and stuff and looking at, uh, <laughs> what are you about I, to say? <laughs> I was like, I used to, uh, I'd also get on there because like white supremacists were also getting on there. And so I would, I would go on like those websites, those early like chat rooms mm-hmm. and like, cause I used to like tell that to BBSs and which uh, bulletin board systems, which is kind sure, of sure. early messaging type like stuff. And I would get on there and talk or message on the message board or whatever. And some, they were like, no, you can't be black because black people aren't that intelligent. And I'm talking about <laughs> computer and I'm like and, and I was like wait what no what I, <laughs> just, and He's but sad. now you, I don't have I don't have patience for that yeah. now. <laughs> and now I mean if folks know better I should hope even racist folks even yeah. you're like okay yeah but yeah so the, going to get on that point and it's funny we made jet magazine and wall street journal <laughs> because when we got married <laughs> because, because i was in an article yeah i was in a I, I i have the issue i say the issue i have several copies of the issue but sure, it was sure, jet sure, magazine sure. and it was like can blacks find love on the internet and they had our wedding picture Aww. and you know you have this white guy with long brown hair and <laughs> my little shiny young little uh, self you know right there and it was funny because I was I was talking it was there was this documentary mm-hmm. this person was doing um on internet dating so they interviewed me mm-hmm. and I was talking about you know this and they're like wow you're an internet dating pioneer and I went oh <laughs> I don't know. That might have to be the title of the episode. (laughs) But let me tell you, I have, you know, but now I feel like, you know, so, you know, I, you know, we met, married, all that stuff. And then got to seven, we're married for 17 years, you know, um, and, mm and, uh, divorce. We're still, matter of fact, I am here in, his house his and his wife's uh oh, wow. house. he's still close he got married. yeah 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 oh yeah we're still family yeah you know wow. I call him my I call him my husband because he was my husband I love husband my... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know because ex just sounds so harsh you yeah. know because you know now some people you know I have like boyfriends that are definitely exes mm-hmm. like ex as in you know crisscross no never again big old red two lines crossing each other but (laughs) but you know but we're still family you know his my I still consider my mother-in-law you know she Mm -hmm. you know um she sends me birthday cards and 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 holiday cards and she call you know and you know and you know just same it's been and that's also I, mm. I think it's good for my kid too 
Of so, course, yeah, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, after 17 years, your family and yeah, you share children together. Yeah. So, you know, and like I said, we were really, really young when we got married. How, yeah. So. How young were you? 24 and 25 oh, wow yeah I mean I know that at, you know because now I sit there and I'm like I tell my kid I'm like no no wait don't do it that young not not that young not that young uh-huh. I, I was like you're still finding out you're still you're still whatever you're still trying to figure out what it is that I was like but you know but then again maybe some people you know they're ready like that but you know but I'm glad I mean I'm I'm glad I did that because I'm like I like the the direction that my life took. Yeah. As a result, because yeah. my world opened up, and so I'm married. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm married again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, got divorced, moved. I, I was living south. I lived south basically my whole life. Okay. And then yeah. I moved to California. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, San Francisco. I okay. was in San, yeah San nice. Francisco, and uh, I moved in. February of like 2016 started dating my now husband in March and then you know we got married the next year and thanks and I cannot believe it's been it'll be five years yeah so exciting this year so yeah he's come here with me to, we've come here to Atlanta to was yeah with the husband yeah we spent the, you know stay here for you know for the holidays wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I I mean I think that's great right yeah Why not I, especially for the kids right to have that community space I mean I think this is something that should be talked about like what does yeah. it look like when you have a divorce and are still amicable and have well, kids together yeah exactly and so I, I flew because my kid um, is going to school here because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, kid was like, cause got a choice. And I was like, it was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to go to school in San Francisco. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough. Even in, because he was like, yeah, because if I live in Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, he has his own room and it's a, a school, it's a, yes. you know, it's nice. Yes. Whereas in San Francisco, yeah, that one little at the first the studio apartment, and yep, then they have one closet. bedroom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're just like, yeah, you we made this part of the living room. This is your yeah. area, your room. So yeah. whenever you know he came to visit, he has. But now he has his own room when he mm. comes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. so, and I have fingers crossed that maybe college he he wants California. Yeah, I mean, hey, warmer weather, it's great and beautiful out there. So do you have one kid or, or multiple? One. Okay. I have one. Um, and my husband and I are wanting to adopt from the foster oh, care system. Exciting. So, but that's, that's a, it's a lot of work, a I lot of classes, paperwork, especially if you're wanting to adopt somebody in another state, then that's even more huh, yeah. uh, hurdles. But there's one particular child I have in mind that I would really, I think would be a really great fit for mm. to complete family but um I shall see I'm hoping because I was like okay we have we're blessed to have resources mm-hmm. to where we can have another person family and also I just I, I love being a mom oh yeah and I, I was like I've got a lot of love and I want to yeah. love another kid and oh. I want I want to share that love you know yeah 
and also you know my kid also would like mm-hmm. a sibling mm-hmm. so well I will be studying you Robin all good energy I hope that that works out and I hope, that, I hope yeah, so it will come together and I mean yeah to grow your family in that way would be so beautiful and yeah take but on I'm, go ahead I'm like going it'll but I know it'll happen at some point because I'm I don't know I I've I've learned and like like you know, people talk about manifestation or whatever, but I pretty powerful at manifesting. Yeah. Tell me. Um, because it comes from that, you know, even though sometimes, you know, people tell me no all the time. I have heard no nonstop. Like Mm. even having my kid, I was told no. Because, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I have a, my spinal cord injury comes from having a rare birth defect Mm. that, was found deep and found inside of my spinal cord okay it just doesn't happen if you look it up you know spinal avm it's on those rare disorders and there's not much known about them Mm. because they're that rare Mm. it took a while actually to diagnose what was Mm. going on with me because like my legs and stuff were going out from under me and my arms stopped working and i stopped being able to feel all over my body And so I underwent, it felt like tons of MRIs, CAT scans, all that stuff, x-rays. And it was a cervical MRI that a nurse practitioner ordered uh, who said, you know what, let's check this out. And (laughs) it matter of fact, so when the films came back and they called me in the office and the head of that neurologist uh, office looked at it and he said, you know, I've read that this can happen, but I've never seen it. And this dude got his medical degree the year before I was born. And I That's was not what you want to hear. No. I was like, no. So my, um, oh. my kid's dad, um, and I had some, as I called it some, I'm sorry, you're dying sex. And, uh, then my, my, because it was killing me. I was basically having an aneurysm inside of my spinal cord oh because God, the ABM Robin. was starting to bleed. So I, so I had some, I had experimental surgery at, um, Emory university. It was planned. It took them a while to plan it out. I called them from Vegas because I was like well I want to see Vegas before I die because I had never been I because I find out (laughs) when we the day before we flew to Vegas that I was pregnant oh my god Uh, and so I called them and I said oh guess what I'm pregnant pregnant. yeah and then they were like no no you can't be pregnant no 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 you know this surgery we don't we are not the, as you know sure of the outcomes I was given a 60% chance of dying 40% Whoa, chance Robin. of living Whoa! so then I, I know it sounds like this victory and it it was because they were just like wow and I was like no I'm gonna go ahead and and stay pregnant Fuck I, yeah. I would, yeah I was like nah I I, 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 know what I I'm, doing. I'm like I get it and they so much pressure Really? You know, from both the OBGYN and from the doctor, they had one doctor on the team who was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can help, you know, I can ethically, you know, be a part of, you know, doing this surgery because, you know, it could blah, 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 you know, because, you know, of the pregnancy. Sure. And I was like, 
baby because I had always wanted a child. Yeah, you uh, wanted to be a mom. I, I wanted to be a mom always. Hmm. And and we had not gotten pregnant in the past, you wow. know. So what cosmic it, timing. Wow. I'm like wow telling you. That's what I think. Seriously, I think that my kid was sent, you know, somehow to let me, it was my to me, it was my sign from the universe that things were gonna be, they were gonna work out. Mm. That, you know, that this was meant to be that I that, you know, basically I was gonna be okay whatever happened that life was going to be yeah you know life was going to be here so because because I was of almost of the mind of eh, if, if it's killing me I might as well die yeah, you know see but, Vegas yeah I have to go to Vegas and then and so yeah they I had uh started out with two surgeries and then um, it got infected. And so then oh. I had to have another surgery to remove the infected tissue and to oh take out the titanium rod that was in there and sew up my muscles and stuff above, like where they had cut to cut the thing out of as my, as the doctor put it, the neurosurgeon put it, he goes, yes, I, we fillet, he goes, I filleted your spinal cord. They filleted my spinal cord to remove the rogue blood vessels. Whoa. Yes. And pregnant. Wow. Pregnant. Hell yeah. Strong. And so, strong. Yeah. Strong. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And so kiddo was there. Kiddo. And everybody's like, they didn't expect the pre- me to actually be able to continue being pregnant. But I wow. did rehab pregnant. I had divorce. I had hypermesis gravidorum. The same thing like wow. that Princess Kate had okay. um, where she just throw up your whole pregnancy oh my god robin i i lost 70 pounds oh my god uh, yeah. <laughs> i know i was i Whoa. was yeah it's a that's a whole story wow that is a whole story and so you know and there was so much in between there i can talk about but i'm trying to write yeah. a memoir about that yeah because it's a you know i still have not found enough there's not been another person in the world that has had that surgery and been pregnant and all of that there's that that hasn't happened i'm still and so i'm wanting to write about that you should yeah but i'm trying you know i have bought all these books and stuff about writing a memoir and stuff that i'm like going okay i now have a schedule and i am going to write this book this yes, year are yes. so yes so um <laughs> but yeah and so kai came here he he, he arrived yeah he, he came here at th- i 30 he made it 35 weeks nice and then preeclampsia came along i had thank you march of dimes for those little pamphlets that you give women or have in the doctor's offices because reading that pamphlet is how I recognized that I had that, you know, they say it's like your worst headache you've ever had in your life. Really? And, and I have migraines and this one was like, it was all of a sudden I was like, this is the weirdest migraine. This one's intense, took migraine medicine and it wasn't going away. Oh God. And then I was like, oh, oh, the pamphlet. I wonder if it's like this preeclampsia and I went in there and my blood pressure was 
it was like I didn't even know your blood pressure could get to like 200 and something over I thought that was like death Mm. but it was really super high so they were like no baby has to come out now wow and so I had a c-section under general anesthesia so I went to sleep I woke up I had a baby wow yeah and and he's now 17 and does he know how much of a warrior you are to have had him I I know I guess for him this is just all natural because because he doesn't know anything else Mm -hmm. and you know it's it was a journey you know it was you know because trying to navigate being a mom and becoming disabled you know at the same time yeah was quite the emotional mental struggle Mm. um in the beginning it Mm. took therapy a lot of therapy but also finding disability community Mm. And finding disability community is really what helped turn my life around Mm. and disability advocacy and then going into that and, you know, and then formulating my career because like, you know, having to experience getting that firsthand experience with attitudes towards disability and pregnancy and disability and parenting. And it was all, it was like trial by fire or like learning about yeah. it so that 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 was actually what launched my career was my experience yeah and so and what a powerful experience it is that yeah people looked at you and said robin you can't do this yeah like don't tell me i can't do shit i will do it mm. and you did <laughs> 17 so. years later yeah here yeah he's he graduates high school next year no I know because I can still you know I'm sitting here talking about this and I can still remember what he looked like the first time I looked at him and and I said very loudly it was a recovery room basically and there was like a couple there was another couple in there that also was there with their baby and I was like this is a white baby. This is not my baby. And my husband's like, Robin, Robin. But that's because of the drugs and stuff too. And because I was just like, because I also, you know, and that's another thing one can talk about is culturally when you, you know, you've envisioned or, you know, you have this idea of what your child is going to look like. Mm, And mm -hmm. my head my child was going to be brown mm-hmm. and that you know I was like some shade of brown right I was not expecting that and I remember even the doctor I was just like they're like oh well you know you know usually you know babies that with African-American heritage or whatever but they'll start getting darker you know as the days go by they're like you can look at their ears or something and I was like the ears are the same color as the rest <laughs> of this baby and you sure this is mine <laughs> yeah yeah I was just like and then also then when he opened his eyes and his eyes are blue and I was like what wow. yeah so British side yeah yeah it turns out I also have you know it's because 23 and me was quite the revelation oh, so wow. yeah I I carry recessive detail I'm part British I'm part <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. That's where the oh, love yeah. came from. You didn't yeah, even yeah. know. That was, was like. That's such a powerful story. I, I can't even imagine all of the things that you were going through when you were having that pregnancy and, and you, you said having your disability come out at that time. So was this? Not yeah. Something? Yeah. It wasn't. Um, because before then, you know, I didn't have a spinal cord injury. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, I mean, yes, I had the birth defect in my spinal cord, but I didn't know it was there. It hadn't manifested at that point. Wow. It hadn't, you know, it hadn't started showing signs and what I had dealt with before, you know, as far as disability was mental health, sure. you know, cause I had depression and anxiety mm, and mm. PTSD from past trauma and abuse. Yeah. So, and also mm. I have ADHD. Mm. And so I need those things, yeah. you know, but it, I didn't get the physical disability until, you know, until my pregnancy, you know, because wow. I had to have the surgery. So, cause I had both the surgery and the pregnancy going on, you know, at the wow. same time and the rehab. So yeah, like I said, I did, you know, rehabilitation. Um, I was in a rehabilitation hospital in my first and second trimester, mm. but by the time my third trimester, you know, cause you can't like be not supposed to be on your back and stuff like that. So I couldn't do really participate in a lot of the exercises and stuff like that. Sure. So I got, so I was discharged mm. and learning how to make adaptations, how to do things. Yeah. It was a hard education because mm. especially when I didn't have, I didn't have anybody around me or in my life mm. that could help me navigate that. Wow. And so, you know, I, I look back now, now I can sit there and say, I'm very grateful that my kids, grandmother, my, my mother-in-law, I'm glad that Nana came over and, you know, stayed those first three months of my kid's life. Now at the time I was not, because I was like, (laughs) this a long ass time, you know, but yeah, but now I look back and I'm like, we wouldn't have made it. You know, she helped take, you know, cause I was still having to go, even though I wasn't in a hospital, I was still having to go week, you know, every week I was at some kind of an appointment. Yeah. Wow. But it's just, you know, but it was an education and learning about people's attitudes towards disability mm-hmm. about uh but also towards me being black wow. and mm. disabled mm. and pregnant mm. I had an old white doctor when I had I was getting admitted uh to um a rehabilitation hospital uh-huh and he happened to be the doctor that was there on call that that evening because yeah. I came in later on a weekend and he kind of looked at, he looked at me, looked at me kind of up and down with this look of kind of disgust on his face. <sighs> and he was like, because, you know, by then I'm starting to show. And I guess he goes, um, if you knew you were going to be like that, talking about disabled, he goes, why don't you take birth control? Or <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that it taught me about the fact you know because how dare 
yeah this person think that he had not only the right but that was his perfect he thought that that was his professional opinion Mm-mm. that he he was in that he was able to give his bigoted opinion about my body and about my reproductive health choices um but in particular based on like my my body so i was god i would have slapped that oh i know i was like like at my lowest ebb physically (sighs) because you know i had had those at that you know by that point three surgeries yeah you know that were in you know my back and spinal cord so I and I was on intravenous antibiotics yeah I was fighting I I was fighting like I had so much crush I do you know you can get yes crush yes I did not I learned that and yeah and I got the yeast infection from hell oh no yeah yeah Mm. and so and with spinal cord injury which meant I didn't really feel it until it got so bad Mm. that it was bleeding. And so then I was just like, yeah, that's when I was talking about the reproductive health care and disability. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, learning about things like that, like, how do you, you know, how do you, how can you tell if you have a yeast infection or whatever, Mm. if you're not feeling itching, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I know you're going to have to put all the trigger warnings on this episode. Anyway, <laughs> I'm about it. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's that sort of thing. Like how the education that, you know, because doctors don't even get, they don't get that kind mm. of education that I found out that the medical profession actually does not get a whole lot of sexual health education in the first place, but mm. especially in specialized uh, sexual health education around disability. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so, so that's why I actually, I really like it when I, you know, I get jobs where I'm being, where I'm asked to speak or to educate medical providers. Yeah. Or, they need uh, it. Other, yeah. Clearly. And, that yeah. And you met needs it. Yes. He's still alive. Yes. Let's find him. <sighs> He's probably, to be honest, I mean, he was, he probably was like in his mid sixties at that time. Oh. So he's probably retired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd like to think so. He needs to be retired. He still it needs not. the education. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, but it was, you know, but you know, just, you know, there's that also that like that whole intersection, this, you know, yeah, the different identities. Older, yes. White Southern, you know, doctor male and just, but also, you know, I'm just thinking, it was his tone, his look, everything. And, and I could go on with some other stories, but I won't because we, you know, we're we're now at, I know we're, we're past time, but no, I mean, (laughs) I mean, these are all such important stories. I think that show one your strength i'm just like in over here and just absolute awe of so much of the bullshit that you've had to go through and fight through and to yeah now your voice is so powerful because you've lived this experience to know it yeah i like foraging paths mm-hmm. you know but you know because sometimes you have to you know you gotta make a way even if people tell you that that's not the way to be made yes yes and that is brave and that is bold it can also sometimes be exhausting and also lonely 
Yes. Because, but but what makes it not so lonely and not so exhausting is when, you know, thank goodness I have good people in my life. Mm-hmm. Having community, yeah. I think, is key and integral and important to surviving anything because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know and I, I sit there and I'm like if it wasn't for my kid's father you know if it wasn't for my husband you know you know because I, I had had times basically I was like yeah at the time I didn't know what as called white privilege but I mm. you know but now yeah. I, I'm yeah, like yeah. going yeah yeah you know I was just like look we need to use you have to be there or you have we need to use you because people talk to you differently and then treat you differently <sighs> than they do me so basically you know that's you know learning about like allyship mm-hmm. and support and what that can look like yeah and th- that whole process taught me too about the power of like economics mm. and we had health insurance and thank goodness we had health insurance Makes it and we had good yeah health insurance mm-hmm. and because my because he had a good job that I said that white British privilege is something else because yeah. I was like white people in America I was like they just hear that English accent and all of a sudden I was like it doesn't matter where you come from and I remember like my yeah. cousins when I brought him home <laughs> to Arkansas yeah oh like, wow <laughs> and, and I remember my cousin I remember they would ask him like are you a prince <laughs> you have a castle <laughs> the accent it does yeah, a lot. they're like England they're like they knew England <laughs> and he's like no <laughs> just your basic British dude <laughs> yeah just basic and there, we went into oh it's hilarious and we went like when we went into the um into the licensing office and because mm-hmm. we got married in Little Rock Arkansas because that's yeah. where I, I um, grew up and we went into there and as they're getting the license and he's talking and some of his other groomsmen are talking and the lady is sitting there she goes where are they from I was like they're England and she goes well you need to teach them how to talk and speak (laughs) English she she said because we're in America now and I was like um they all went to Cambridge university these are like yeah they're english and they are speaking they're oh oh what that's I hilarious like, yeah, yeah yeah they need to learn how to speak english yeah it's like <laughs> lady that makes no sense but sure 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 uh, yeah. yeah well i'm so glad that you did have him at that time in your life because i can't even imagine that horrible doctor that looked at you if your husband or your husband right wasn't there with you at that time how much worse could it have been how much worse could it have been yeah we were both like just in shock like to the fact that he didn't know what to say and because he was like wow and i'm i'm just like like i've had enough of this bullshit (laughs) but you know i am i feel really blessed Mm. you know that I'm here now and fighting and I'm like I'm I've come a bit I'm being able to use 
you know, that, that whole experience, you know, helped launch, you know, a different career and a different path for me. Absolutely. And one that I feel, I actually feel like I can make a contribution to society Mm -hmm. in a different way. Yes. And, you know, maybe help someone else be able to have a better experience in navigating, you know, things that have to do with, you know, healthcare or sexuality or any of those things. Yeah. And you are because you have lived that experience. You know what it's like, you know, the frustrations and you, you have the wisdom having had this whole journey. And so, yes, I'm confident that even in this podcast and the other dynamics that you're showing up in the world, that you have to be connecting with other people that resonate with your voice and your experience and finding you the community that you were exactly talking about needing. It's that community that allows us to heal. And so, my God, I hope Kai sees what an amazing, strong mother he has. Yeah. I, I don't know. He probably thinks right now he's just like he. I know he's he loves mom. me. He's just yeah, it's just mom. And it's but he's also he, young. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like he's the best. He's my heart. Yeah. Love that kid so special, hard. Special gift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, I know. I know. I want to be conscious of our time too. Is there anything that you feel like you're like, wow, I really didn't hit on this today, but I wanted to say this before coming into the podcast? No, because I actually, I had no idea what we were going to talk about. I so that way. I, do. I really okay. do. I really do. <laughs> okay. Well then I'll come to the closing question. Okay. So I ask everyone on the podcast, what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? No one has all of the answers. And also I wish that people realize that there's no such thing as perfection mm-hmm. and there's no, no one has a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a while mm-hmm. to learn that lesson to not uphold other, what I view from the outside as, okay, that is a perfect relationship or that is a perfect household or that's the way it's supposed to be what is normal <laughs> yeah. amen amen yep. yeah yep. yep yep question the question that's all so yeah, great answer, yeah exactly right? I feel like that something that I wish was more normal is just realizing that there is there really isn't a norm mm-hmm. and we're all figuring this out we're mm-hmm. all figuring out life as it comes mm-hmm. you know we can draw inspiration from others and we can have you know guidance or whatever but ultimately you know you you figure these things out and define it for yourself Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and even what you were talking about earlier the different cultural context right i mean what is a meaningful life well that's yeah. going to depend on so many different factors your culture other identities what you want to do with it i mean there is exactly. no, yeah one size fits all model for what it means no. to be yeah normal or live a happy life or any of that stuff so i love exactly. that you're hitting on that like you really should be challenging that question and and let go of the models that we're trying to fit ourselves. We're like circles yeah, trying to fit into a square peg. We're like, oh, we were all, and you're like going, okay. Do, or people are like, okay, do I need to soften my edges in order to fill no, in? No, the- no, no, do not soften the edges. Stay, no, just yeah. be you. Exactly. And, 
and you know you'll make a way and to believe in yourself I wish that it was more normal that we were taught to trust in our abilities and to trust in ourselves more than what we do I'm I'm not saying like being self-centered and thinking that everything you do is right I'm just saying that to be able to trust your gut and to be able Mm -hmm. to trust that you know trust in your decisions and trust in you know that sort of thing exactly because only you know what's best for you and only you know you know that capable of exactly and so yeah that's what I I mean that's that's how I had Kai I had to learn to try I trusted myself and that's how you have the career that you have now right speaking and building this community and how I got my house that's a whole different story but yeah because I was also told no no you're not gonna get that house yeah I am so in awe of all of the no's that you had defied in your own strength and your own bravery. Just, yeah, thank you for all of the work that you are doing to make this world a better place. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're a part of the Anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.